listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. You saw what we have in the, the title, Too Many Slugs. Too many slugs. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, maybe I'll save the announcements for the end because we're kind of into it. But um, one of the things that you got to realize is that, like, it's good. You know, people think that when you get saved, God wants to remove all that personality from you. He created you. Yeah. Yep. He's the one that put that fight in you. God doesn't want to save you. And then you lose your competitive nature. You lose your drive. You lose your force. You lose your momentum. No. That's not what he wants to do. He actually created your personality and he created your nature. I mean, he obviously wants you to be free from sin, but he doesn't want to change you into some like uh, peaceful little zombie. Like I look at some people that, um, you know, I look at some people that are in the world that like they don't serve Christ, but then they, they like go hard at what they do. And I think to myself, like, Imagine if that person got saved oh and directed gosh. that force in the kingdom. Imagine like Gary V. Well, that's one of the saved. guys I was thinking of, like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's, you know, curses like a sailor, but he's like a marketing genius, business genius. Um, imagine if that dude got saved and went that hard for the kingdom of God. It's like seeing Kanye get saved. Yeah. You know, Kanye's work ethic, all the things that it's he true. does and knows. And now he's going hard for the kingdom. It's like prayers answered. But imagine like if. People like that, like, it, it, can you imagine, like, I know that, like, the pride aspect of Kanye had to come down because it's a sin to be prideful, yeah. but it doesn't mean his force went down, it didn't mean his work ethic it's went true. down, it's his true. competitive nature went down, he's still doing all those things. You know, I thought it was interesting that when Kanye made this last album, Jesus is King, um, it didn't matter who worked with him on the project. He actually gave an ultimatum to everybody Oh yeah, that, that like, this while is this is being made, I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian. You'll not sleep around while you're making this album. Yeah. You'll not do drugs. You'll not be drunk. You know, all those things. Like, he even, made that. Even pornography. Like, yep. And I think that's with his choir that travels, too. Yeah. Anything, you know, anything sinful, he basically outlawed during the production of Jesus is King. And we got Jesus is King, too, I think, coming here very shortly. But, um, you know, that same competitive nature, God doesn't want to take that away from you. He doesn't want to, you know, shave you down to some little lemming that just walks around following everything. He wants you to be who he made you to be right. and still have that drive and that force and that power and not and not not turn into some little, you know, quiet little robot in the corner. And so I think about that all the time. I think about people that are in the world that imagine if they were saved, imagine the force that they would carry into the kingdom. And see, you're the same. God wants you to be the same. Don't, don't, you know, cause one of the things that happens, and I think we can agree on this one, when you get that way, it makes people uncomfortable when you're super competitive, when you're like, when you have drive, when you go after it, it makes people uncomfortable. I think it, it starts and people, it, it's a spectacle, right? Like yeah. think about even playing ping pong. There was probably like almost everybody around like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But by the end of it, a lot of people get scared off. Like, this is insane. Oh, for this sure. This is very intense. I can't be around this. And I think one of the things that happens, and, and please catch this as we're teaching it, because one of the things that takes place that that makes the people uncomfortable when you're, when you're that way is that anytime 
you start to produce heavily. Oh yeah. It brings a separation between what you're doing and what many others aren't doing. So really think of it this way, your production, the, the amount you produce, the amount of fruit you produce in the kingdom, it actually doesn't just highlight itself because you are productive. It also shines a light on how much others are refusing to do. And that's why it makes everybody that's lazy and everybody that's not doing things, they also want other people to not do things. Have you ever worked with a person like that? I'm sure people have. Like, you know, you go get a job somewhere. Maybe you worked at Home Depot or Walmart. And there's somebody that's like just a lazy worker. Well, if they're lazy, they don't want you to start doing a ton of work. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, well, how come he's doing it and you're just (laughs) sitting over there? They don't want you to highlight the difference between productivity and laziness. That's true. And the same is true in the kingdom. It's like people don't, you know what? I've, the more that I live, the more I, I realize this. People just want you to just maintain. Yeah, and they almost think that like, because I'm a Christian, God will give me this success. Yeah, when God's only, ready. Only because they're a Christian and they believe in God. Mm-hmm. But that's not the truth, man. We know it requires work. I'm sure you've seen it from others around you, like just as you've been producing and continuing to build Uproar Conference and every year's bigger, every year's better. And there's probably other people that are around you, even the same area that like won't even be a part of it because they don't want to show up. Yeah. Last year we had two local youth ministries show up. And how how many would you estimate are around you youth ministries? Probably about 10 to 12 at least. So less than 20% of them. Oh, it was minimal. Showed up. Absolutely minimal. One of the things that happens, they see that. And then they think to themselves, well, you know, I don't want my kids to be exposed to that ministry because then they'll think they'll see all that they're producing and doing for the Lord. Scared that they'll lose them. Right. And and they don't even realize it's not about that. It's about getting people on fire for God and equipping them for the kingdom. But notice what's happening is that when somebody starts getting productive and doing things for the kingdom, it makes other people uncomfortable. What's up, South Africa? Good to see you. And it's true. Like, notice this. I, I don't know if, if you, if anybody else has noticed this, throw a hand in the comments that when you start going after it and doing things for the Lord, there's always those people that come like, all right, let's take it easy a little bit. You're yeah. going, you're going a little too fast, it's true. getting a little too big for your britches. You know, they a talk to you like that. people are a wet blanket. Yeah. Because they don't want to do the work. They're, and they'll use the dumb ex- excuses, right? Like, you're going to burn yourself out. Right. You can't keep up this pace realistically. Right. But if you think about the people that have realistically kept up those kind of paces in the world, even like think about Gary Vee, think about Jeff Bezos, think about uh, Grant Cardone. Yep. These guys are at an insane pace 24 7. Tony and Robbins. They, yeah, they have what everybody else in the world wants. Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump. Sleeps like yeah. four hours a night. Dude, he's how old is he, too? Uh, 70 or close to 70. What a man, right? I mean, like, it, it, peop, you can if you know how to conduct yourself and properly delegate and to and to properly take care of yourself and the call and the purpose that's on your life, you can keep up a pace. That's right. Jesus kept up a pace, but in the pace that he kept up, he understood how to rest during what he was doing for the Lord. And uh, it's true. Look at that. Kelly said they tell you to calm down. That's exactly what they do. No, someone told her she's too perky. Why do you have to be happy all the time? Why right. do you have to be? We had we had a kid, like, and this is powerful. He got saved at conference, broke up with his girlfriend in nine months. You guys probably heard me talk about this before. And he goes out, him and his friend, and they start evangelizing. They're like, 
They're kicking kids in the back seat on the highway so they can't escape. Wow. <laughs> and sharing the gospel with them. They saw in about one month, 43 people give their life to Jesus. Look at that. And I had somebody come to me and they're like, I'd like to see if he keeps that energy next year. Right, like, right. Why would you say something like why that? Would, you should be the one fanning the flames. Instead so of saying that, energy. why don't you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock myself away and pray for that kid that he yeah. never stops in that momentum. Yeah, I'm going to tag alongside of him and I'm going to help yeah. spur him. I'm going to pray with him. I'm going to do it with him. Not, We'll see if he can keep going like this. Jeanette said President Trump is 73. So keeping Jeez. up that pace at 73. Yeah, Jessica is saying they won't come to your healing and miracle service because then they'll have to have healing and miracles at their own church. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, and and they don't want to have to be forced into producing or uh, you know producing fruit for the kingdom. That's right. They want to be lazy, but notice right. laziness is wickedness. Oh, hundred percent. People have never seen that before, but laziness. 100%. Before you keep your finger in First Corinthians nine, but go back to Matthew twenty five. And uh, I want to show you that laziness is wickedness. God's looking for production in the kingdom. He's expecting production. There's too many slugs. Is that what you... Slugs. Slugs and sloths in the kingdom of God. No question about it. Matthew 25. Let me quickly paraphrase it, and then I'll read you what Jesus said. That there was a master who was going on a trip. So he yeah. gave talents to yep. his servants. He gave one of them Four, uh, five, one of them got two, and the last one got one. And he went on, on the long trip. Well, the one who had five invested it and multiplied it. And when the master came back, he gave him back 10 talents instead of the five he was left with. And he said, well done. Then he went to the one who had two. And he said, I've invested it. Here's four back. And he said, well done. Then he got to the one who had one. And what did he say? Lord, I knew you're a hard master. That yeah. you reap where you don't even sow. And so I didn't want you to lose this one talent, so I buried it in the ground. Okay? That's now it. look at this. Go down with me to verse 26. Preaching too much fire in here. Fire. <laughs> you know what's happening. Carolyn's burning my dinner again. There goes lunch. There goes lunch, everybody. Imagine how frantic they are out there right now to, to get that stopped. You know, Carolyn burnt my dinner the last time that happened. Jeez, what'd she burn? Everything. And then I had to just eat ramen noodles. You poor guy. It's my life, ramen guys. Noodles. Pray. Pray, guys. It's my life. Um, Matthew 20, 25, verse 26. Look at this. But his master answered him, you wicked That's right. and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you have you ought to have invested the money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. That's it. Look at this. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. And then here's the principle. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So the That's principle it. is this. Listen to this. The principle is there's a reason why people have what they have. It's not accidental. That's what the master is saying. The one who had 10 had 10 because of his faithfulness. He had 10 because of his diligence. So now to this one who's not faithful, take what he does have and give it to the faithful one. That's the opposite of socialism. That's yeah. the opposite of communism. Yeah. It's not an equal distribution of wealth. God blesses those who produce. 
And the, look what he called the one who had won. You wicked servant. God's not a fool, you know? He's not going to, like, even even us, if you have an investment account, if you're, if you're an investor and you're paying a broker to go and make your investments and they're getting 3 4%, they're getting no return, you'd be a fool to keep hiring them. You'd be right. absolutely foolish. Say, no, they're great guys. We believe in them. They're right. doing really good work. No, they're not doing what they were intended to do. Therefore, you're going to fire them. And you're going to hire somebody who has a greater promise. If we would do that over money, man, we were, what do you, how much do you think God's going to do that? Where he I have an intention. You were made with an intention. You realize that? You weren't made just to sit in this earth, suck some air down, have two and a half kids, a nice retirement. Like that's not the intention that God right. has for our lives. Right. It's not to just be, be here and suck air and die. That's never it. <laughs> that's like true. that's how a lot of people live though. You were made to produce fruit. I love John 15. Like 1 through 11 is one of my favorite passages Me too. in scripture. I love it. It, it. And I love this because literally what God is saying is or Jesus is saying is if you're attached to me, you will produce fruit. There's something about being attached to God that makes you a producer and not a slug. Yeah. And I love how he says it, not just fruit, but much fruit. Much fruit. Much fruit. And that much fruit, man, it might be different. Like there's nothing negative said about the man who started with two and doubled to four. No. Your much fruit will look different than my much fruit, than Ted's much fruit, but your much fruit cannot be okay with just having enough. You know what's and, you know what's interesting before you go further? Yeah. Is that when you look at the man with five and the man who got two, if you if you go back to that, you'll understand the master gave them what he gave them before he left left based on their previous abilities. That's good. So they had shown yeah. themselves to be faithful. There's a reason one got five. He was a little bit more faithful than one who got yeah. two. But when the master comes back, remember this. They both multiplied their talents at the same rate of they return. Did. They both doubled what they had. That's right. And they were both faithful. And so one of the things we did on this recently was talking about being faithful in the level you're in. You have to be. Because everybody always like, well, I can't wait till I get to that level. Then I'll really go at it. No, you got to go at it now in this level because you can't jump. Le if God sees you being unfaithful at your current level, why would he lift you up to the next level? People just think that because they're a believer, they'll have grace, they'll have exponent. It's not true. Like, if you work at, uh, man, Sam's Club and you can't even stack boxes well, why would you get a management position? It's the same concept. We understand that in the world, but for some reason we fail to understand that in the spiritual realm. No question. God's going to trust you with more when you crush what's at hand. You ever think about that verse of scripture? If you're faithful over a little, then he says, I'll make you ruler, ruler. over it. much. That's so right. ca catch this, the way that this language changes. If you're faithful, if you're the one being faithful over a little, That's good. then I will make you a ruler over much. So that doesn't, doesn't just speak of increase. It speaks of promotion because at the first level, you were the one being faithful over the little. At the next level, you are ruling those that are faithful over much. You don't just have more given to you. You start going higher and become the ruler. So understand that it's important to know faithfulness and diligence are the key to seeing God give you more. 100%. Faithfulness and diligence. Diligent workers. There's not enough said about that in, in you know for the millennial generation no, and the Gen Y no. people diligence. I actually like, I teach a Bible college class and I wrote it on character in one whole chapter. Cause it, it, I, it makes me so mad 
when you talk about Christian workers to a lot of business owners. Yeah. You'll find most business owners find Christian workers to be lazy slugs. Yeah. And I go in for a whole a whole teaching on what it looks like. Man, you're not working unto the world. You're lo- you're working unto the Lord. Think about that. Like as how if, much as greater? If, if you worked at Home Depot, you have to imagine that my boss at Home Depot is the Lord himself. Yeah, my boss isn't Brian. My right. boss is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Right, because and everything I do reflects upon Jesus. 100%. And we just I, we need to take it another level. We need to be the greatest representation wherever we are, yeah. period. And it doesn't matter. It could be at McDonald's. You better be the greatest worker. Because who are we working to please, God or man? Right. What? How are we acting in our life? Yeah. Just to collect a $12 an hour check or so we can actually show and make improvement and show people that we genuinely believe in this God that we serve. That's right. And we're going to work hard. No question. we're not working for Brian. We're working for Jesus. Working for the Lord. That's right. And so you understand that it is the faithfulness. You know, I like what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says that um, uh, if you see a man who is diligent in his work, he'll not stand before mere men. He'll stand before kings. He'll serve kings. So the diligent worker is promoted to the highest levels of service. That's That's the point. The diligent worker. I heard a preacher say one time that you'll only ever be uh, sought out for the problems that you can solve. You'll only ever be sought out for the problems you can solve. If you're not helping anyone, if you're not solving any problems, remember this. It, it, you're actually your your pay the pay that you receive how much you're being uh, recompensed for your time is all based upon the level of problems you're solving. It's good, uh, and I'll say it this way because we had a discussion about this one time, and I'm not taking. I'm just saying this is what I, I heard a preacher say. He was he said there were people, and if you guys don't know this, sometimes churches will pay their musicians that are on the platform. There's churches yeah. that will pay their musicians. So there might be the keyboard, the music director, even if they're not on staff, they come in every Sunday to do the thing and they they may pay their keyboard player, the music director, whatever. And I heard there were people in the church that were starting to get angry. Like, well, how come that he's a volunteer, but he gets paid, but none of the ushers get paid and none of the greeters get paid and all that. And the pastor actually came off the platform and said, let me explain to you why he gets paid Uh and the ushers don't. He said, because I can take him off the keyboard and bring him out to the lobby, and he can be a greeter. I can put a jacket on him, and he can hand out envelopes. He can be an usher. He said, but none of the greeters and none of the ushers can come up on the platform and do what he does. And so what what the point he's making is, it's a greater level of problem solving. He's doing something for me that no one else can do for me. The reason that he gets rewarded at a higher level is because he's solving problems at a higher level. I mean, like for example... We talked about Home Depot or Walmart. Anybody can stack boxes. Anybody can do that. But then do you have the fortitude that it takes, the mental acuity that it takes to start making schedules, dealing with other workers, managing other people, managing personalities and egos, or go higher than that, going to locations in a region, making sure all the region regional locations are on on point and doing what producing like they're supposed to produce, creating all the reports for the corporate you know corporate office. Not everybody is able to do that at that level and be good at it. But the higher you go, the more problems that you're solving, the higher you're uh, reimbursed for your time. Yeah. Because the Lord has given you the ability to not just be diligent, but he's given you the mind of Christ. 
and he's given you the nature of God, the Holy Spirit who gives you an advantage. He teaches you all things. There's nothing you can't learn. There's nothing you can't do. All things are possible to them that believe. You have the teacher living on the inside of you. There's no reason you can't be promoted to the highest level. But you know why many aren't? That slug personality that I'd rather sit back than push myself and rely on the Holy Spirit to go to a higher level. That's it. I think it was Dr. Miles Monroe. He actually has an entire teaching, probably a book, probably 12 books (laughs) with Dr. Monroe. But he actually said, you were created and put on this earth to solve a problem. That's right. And that's so true. But you just hit on it exactly right. So we we were created to solve a problem, but many people are too lazy. To put their mind to it. Many people, they don't even, they don't even think they're qualified to right. do something for Jesus. And, and that, that's crazy. That goes to back me. to Proverbs. As it, you think in your heart. As you think in your heart. And you know what else is pretty cool? I found this in uh, about King Saul when he was about to be anointed as king. Like, think about it. He was anointed as king already. God had ordained him to be the very first king. And they go, Samuel goes to anoint to appoint him in front of everybody, and they couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. First Samuel chapter 10. They can't find him anywhere. And they go looking and they end up finding him hiding in what, like a, an equipment shed. Why was that? Why, how could he have been anointed to be king and now it's his moment to stand up and lead a nation, but he's hiding? It, the exact same thing. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's internal. He might have looked like a king. They might have saw him as a king. But if he didn't see himself as a king, it didn't matter. That's exactly right. And that's right. why he hid. And too many people live that same way. They, they're anointed. They're called. They, they, they were created to do something. That's powerful. And they're hiding amongst the equipment shed. That's right. And I, I think it's a lot of people, they, stop, they don't live to what God called them to do. They live according to how they were raised in this world. No question. It, there's, a, there's a really cool study about, a, I forget the name of the book. It's, uh, it's called Understanding Poverty. And they go through, and this is crazy, how different sections of people see things. So like how um, food, how poverty sees food is quantity over quality, right? Mm -hmm. And then middle class is they want quality. And upper class is they they want a beautiful presentation. Like that steak last night. Yeah. My God. My goodness. We smoked steaks for two hours on Applewood. Uh, it, it, It was out of this world, guys. But if you talk about like... How, how those people see, or the different classes see uh, possessions. So poverty, they see people as a possession because they can't really afford anything. Middle class, it's like the Apple Watch, it's the new cool things. And then upper class, they see, um, it's like the, the one-offs, the Montblanc pens, the, the Rolls Royces, those types of things. And it's just interesting. Often how we were raised is how we operate in this life. It's true. And that's why like me and Mindy, we're raising our kids every night. One of their confessions is I'm a problem solver, not a problem creator. That's right. And if they can understand in their heart that they were created to solve problems in this world, that they have the mind of Christ seated in heavenly places, they're a son and a daughter, then I don't care what it is. They'll always be employed. They'll never be lazy. That's right. They'll make an impact in this world. Because we were created to solve a problem. You know, it's crazy. Even if there's nobody, that, and it's not, it would never happen, but even if there was no corporation that would employ you, you have that resource to create your own corporation, employ oh yourself, gosh, and yes. solve the problem. Think about like Megyn Kelly right now. I just saw this. Twitter was blowing up about it. She interviewed Tara Reid, who's the accuser of Joe Biden. 
how crazy is it that she just landed one of the biggest interviews right now and she's not employed by a major news network at all? Right. She hosted her own thing on YouTube because mm-hmm. she's a problem solver. Right. It's interesting. I was like, I, I was looking in the comments. I saw my friend uh, Ben Fole is on today. Now here's a guy that's just, he's a problem solver and he's ex- he's actually explained to me multiple times what he does and I still can't explain it to you. <laughs> he's that intelligent where he's doing it and create and, and getting contracts that's and got, getting blessed. That's awesome. When I first went to the church that he attends, I think it was in 2010. First time I went there, he was solving a problem of being able to play bass for their worship team. And he, he had never, so he's just picking it up to yeah. learn. And when I first went there, he was just literally just learning how to. I mean, now you go there and it seems like he's been playing the bass all his life. I mean, he's that wow. good. But you know what See, happened? He made up in his mind. You know, he didn't say to himself, well, I'm not musical and I don't really know how to play, so I probably shouldn't be up there with the worship team. No, he understood I've got the power of the Holy Ghost. I'll pick this thing up and learn as I go. The Holy That's Spirit it. will teach me and I'll and I'll go forward. That's now it. you go That's and he's crushing it. But that's because of a mindset. I have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. I can move forward. I will not fail. And now you look at how God sees a faithful person and just promotes them higher and higher. And that's the value of transforming your mind. That's the value of actually being in your word. No question. You'll you'll never discount yourself if you actually believe what God has said about you. Never. There's never you can't you can't if you actually believe the word of God, there's not a single problem you could look at and be like, no, not me. I couldn't actually solve it. Right. Now that's that's something I couldn't do. When we genuinely have our minds transformed, there's nothing that's impossible that's for it. those who believe. Who was Ever. it? Who was it that wrote the book The Advantage? Not Lencioni. Was it? Who wrote David and I, Goliath? Who did the same that? guy that wrote David and Goliath wrote uh, The Advantage? Was it Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, I think it. Yeah, he wrote Outliers, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. so it might, I think it, Malcolm Gladwell. I think wrote David and Goliath. He did write about I, David and Goliath, and I think he might be the one that wrote a. Uh, uh, a book called The Advantage. Uh, yeah. But if you understand that, I took that same principle, but understanding that for the believer, we have an advantage even in the corporate Hands world down. because we have the Holy Spirit. That's we it. Think about this. We have the ability to understand things more quickly than a natural man or woman does because we have a teacher who teaches us all things. The Bible says that in first John, he teaches us. We have no need that any man should teach us for the Holy spirit teaches us all things. We have the ability to understand what others struggle to understand because we have the mind of Christ. Think about it. I love this passage of scripture. The Bible says regarding the difference between the children of Israel and Moses, the Bible says he made known his actions to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways unto Moses. That's That's the difference between giving someone a fish and teaching them to fish. You give them a fish, they eat for a day. You teach them to fish, they eat for a lifetime. The reason is because the first person is benefiting from your actions. The second person's benefiting from your ways. And Moses was much higher than the children of Israel because he was, he had access to the ways of God. They only had access to the actions of God. That's good. And when you understand this and God said it himself, Isaiah 55, he said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
So one of the things that we say constantly in our ministry, I pray this, is Lord, I thank you that in the month of May, you're anointing my mind with the mind of Christ, teaching me, and you're giving me access to your ways and your thoughts that are much higher than my ways and my thoughts. And that this month, I will have God ideas, I will have God solutions, I will be able to solve problems that other people can't solve, I will be sought out for my influence, because I, you know, let me just tell you, during this time, even with pastors having to be pushed over onto online services, I've probably had 10 pastors or more my phone's been blowing up, not only just text, but people calling. How do you do what you do? How do you how do you make it all happen? Tell me all the gear yeah. I need. Tell me. Well, I'm in a position to help. That's it. I'm in a position to be somebody who assists other ministries because I've taken the time to let the Holy Spirit teach me how it's done. And now that I have the knowledge that the whole... See, I don't ever attribute any of this to myself no. because I have the mind of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches. So now, guess what? I get to be, I don't look at, I have to be, I get to be the That's one it. they call That's it. and I get to be the one that helps them because I have taken the time to rely on the spirit of God and learn what other people are now trying to learn. And so now I get to be in a, pl- a position where I have an influence to help and be somebody who lifts other ministries uh, as much as I can help them. And that's a blessing. You become a problem solver in every area of life. So think about the advantages we have. Yeah. As a son or a daughter, A, you got the Holy Ghost living inside of you. Mm-hmm. B, you have the mind of Christ. Think about that. Like, what could the mind of Christ not solve? Right. Creator of heavens and earth spoke all of this into existence. What problem could he not solve? Can you imagine looking God in the eyes and being like, yeah, you know, I just didn't think you had a good answer for me on it. Right. What? Yeah. And then, like, I think one of my favorite ones is if we're seated in heavenly places, then we have a different perspective. Like, if this is right in front of me, this is my perspective. This is my earthly perspective. Mm-hmm. It's right in front of me. I can't shift it. I can't change it. But if I have a heavenly perspective, I'm looking over it and seeing what's coming behind. That's right. I'm seeing what's pushing it from behind. That's right. And when you realize you have a heavenly perspective, there's no reason to be a slug. There's no reason to not be a problem solver right. because you're not looking at it how everybody else is. You're not looking at the tree line. You have, you're have you in a helicopter, aerial looking, view, looking, looking far beyond, out. far out. And that's where so many people just, they stop. Like when you know your word, there's no reason to stop. There's no reason to be a slug. There's no, no reason. Like when problems arise, I get excited now. Yeah. When, when someone's like, hey, we can't figure this out or hey, we have this problem. I get so excited and immediately it's that discerning spirit that you start to draw up. You're like, God, what, what should we do in this? How should we do this? And now like. It's not, not again, not to brag on ourselves, but it's probably the same with you, where an idea just jumps in your spirit almost immediately. No question. It's not, it's not a long time. You don't have to normally, you don't have to fast and pray for six weeks on it. Right. It's almost an immediate jump well, in think your of it. spirit. Think of it this way. I want you guys to put this in the comments. Every person that's watching, I want you to put this in the comments. There are no problems. There are only opportunities. That's good. There are no, look, Ben's ahead of me. See, I told you, look, Ben's already ahead of me. I didn't even say it yet. There (laughs) are no problems. There are only opportunities. It's good. Every problem that other people have is only an opportunity for me to be a blessing, for me to solve the issue, for me to bring deliverance, for me to bring an answer that will help. That will only ever help. See, this is how you start to realize Christians are called to be 
assets to their generation, not liabilities to their generation. And the way that we are assets to our generation is that we solve problems. We bring help. We bring healing. We bring deliverance. That's what we are called to do. That's exactly what we're called. There are no problems. There are only opportunities. Remember this. As a Holy Ghost-filled believer, no problem can take you out. No problem can hinder you from moving forward. It doesn't matter if it's the Red Sea, it's got to part. Walls of Jericho, they've got to come down. Prison cells, the doors have to open. Any problem is just an opportunity to show the greatness of God's power. And so when you begin to change your uh, mindset, you begin to realize that, you know, and and this is funny because I was watching a television show. It's not even a Christian show. It's just like something that was on network TV. And this dude who was a detective on the show, he was talking to somebody and he said, uh, someone said to him like, I don't like that. I just really don't like these situations. He said, you'll find out that life becomes a whole lot easier when you don't categorize everything based on what you like and what you don't like. That's so good. And I thought that's interesting (laughs) because uh, no one likes an initial problem. Nobody likes to see something that that in the instant they can't solve. But remember this. Every problem, every, this is such a powerful point. And I hope you catch this in your spirit. Every problem is literally, um, think of it as like a wall that the, the higher you go, the less people are with you, right? That's true. Think of how many people in America, here's, here's the, here, think, think of it this way. Think of how many people in America play basketball. Tons, tons, tons. But then how many people were good enough to make their high school team? Well, not tons, it, 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 but there's still a ton yeah. of high school basketball players. But then go to D1 college, it gets whittled down even I think way it's like more. 1% of high school basketball, basketball players play at the next level. Well, what happened? They went to a place where they faced a problem. The problem was yep. the competition. That's it. But the competition, it whittles it down to a smaller number. The higher you go, the smaller the number gets. But then from D1 college into the pros, it goes even smaller. Because they faced another problem, another level of difficulty, and not everybody's going to be able to leap up. But then you go into the pros, and then you have the championship team. That's it. Or you go further, the, the playoff teams, then the championship team. It's smaller and smaller, and you go higher. But then when you get to the championship, what do you have even them? The MVP of the That's championship. Yeah. That's the most valuable player of the most valuable players of the most right. valuable players. So the higher you go, there's less people at those levels. So everything, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity to actually rise above everybody else. Because not every, think about how powerful this is. I mean, when I was in Bible school at 17 years old, 18 years old, I was hired by MasterCard to collect debt from their cardholders. At 18, I had no experience. I had no, I had no corporate experience in any job at, at all. And I went into those offices every day. I worked like 50 hours a week as a student at 18. And would go in there and call people all day long and all day long. And I just, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I asked the Lord to help me to succeed at that job. I, t- I told people later, it was just God giving me practice for taking offerings. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'd sit there and call people all day long and say, hey, and I would just, you know, I would just talk to them with authority and dominion and say, listen, don't let this debt sit on your card. And, well, I actually had a guy tell me, I was like, well, I can't really pay it right now. How, how come? Well, my checkbook's in my truck. I said, well, you're on a cordless, cordless phone, aren't you? He's like, well, yeah. I was like, well, go out to your truck and get it and re- write me a check. 
Like people, you know, he's like, oh, all right. Well, right. he didn't just pay his, he didn't just come in and pay his minimum balance. He paid the whole card off. And so one thing after another, at 18 years old, with the mind of Christ and the help of the Holy Spirit, I start going higher and higher. And notice this, at 18, I start getting promoted. I start getting bonuses and raises at 18 years old. They're starting to give me 500 extra dollars a month, 300 extra dollars a month, 700 extra dollars a month, and then keep bumping my, my, my wages. It had nothing to do with me having a lot of corporate experience or understanding that, you know, well, you know, I've been in this, I've been in the game for a while and I how it works. Right. No, I was nobody except I had the Holy Spirit. Yep. And every time you face a problem, the Holy Spirit's power in you gives you the ability to uh, cause a solution to problems. It's an opportunity. Everybody on the battlefield with Goliath was a soldier. David wasn't That's even a soldier. That's true. They faced an obstacle that was going to determine if they could go higher yeah. or stay where they were. David was the only one with the faith and the power of, the, of God to say, I will be the one that takes out the problem. Let me be the problem solver. You, you just got one guy? No problem. And you don't have to be qualified in other people's terms to be the nope. one that solves I wasn't. that problem. Neither that was David. Weren't, to start a conference even, dude, I was 20 years old when we were doing this. Who trusts a 20-year-old? You took with, over the youth group at what age? At 19. But at the end, like you, you don't have to be qualified in people's terms. I believe, like even one thing that David had that no one else had is a conviction. He had a conviction to defeat that problem. Yeah. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? We should be saying that about our problems. Whatever stands in, in front of you, whatever stands in front of your, your success and bringing the kingdom of heaven wherever you are, your attitude shouldn't be, oh, woe is me, and I can't believe this is happening, mm -hmm. and what a bad day, and oh my gosh, how are we ever going to do this, and I might as well just quit, and they're going to... No, it should be, who is this uncircumcised Philistine right. that would defy God and his armies and his people? I'm going to cut his head off. Yeah. That needs to be the attitude. I think we lack such a conviction. Yes. A, a knowing of who we are, a realizing you don't have to be qualified by people's words, but you're qualified as a son or a daughter, and a conviction that I'm going to chop that thing's head off. Do you think That's right. a conviction produces a vision? That's right. When you have a conviction for something, it produces a vision. And vision starts to produce tactics and passion and passion that's transferable and all these other things. It, but it requires a conviction to yep. destroy a problem. No question. It, 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 it really boils down to our attitude about it and how we see ourselves. You'll be a slug if you don't see yourself and as remember, a son or a daughter. And remember, the only reason David was there at the battlefield solve a problem. <laughs> was because he was willing to work. That's it. His father told him, take this bread and cheese, yep. bring it to the captain of the guard, and bring me back a report on how your brothers are doing. He didn't say, well, Dad, can't you find somebody else to do it? I'm tired today. I, I got sheep to watch. I can't be doing more work. You keep putting more work on me because right. my brothers are away at war. He didn't say any of that. You know what's interesting is he was willing to solve the problem of getting his brother's food and found another problem to solve. Yeah. And because he solved that problem, he was able to solve another problem. Yeah. And eventually he solved so many, peop so many people's problems. He's the, the king. That's exactly He's it. leading the entire nation because he was willing to solve solve a problem. If you're unwilling to solve a problem, you'll mm -hmm. never lead anything. Yeah. And it blows my mind because, you know, they took such a high view and standard of work in the Bible. Oh yeah. You know, if you don't work, you're not qualified to eat. <laughs> That's it. 
The Bible says a man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. That's right. Worse than an infidel. So the Bible takes a high view of work. Doesn't put a, you go through the book of Proverbs, you can't come out the other side of a book of Proverbs with a low view of diligence and work. You no. can't. Oh my gosh, no. You can't. And and one of the things the enemy has tried to do, that's how you know that, you know, this, this uh, population control and socialist communist style is demonic because it's, it's just uh, people just taking from the government without having to produce anything or do anything. It destroys a nation and it brings control. But the, the Bible teaches diligent, hard work, going after it and making sure That's that good. you're able to accomplish what you're called to do. And, and, and think about our generation and younger, how many people have been taught and they believe they shouldn't have to work hard. Oh, you know, it, it's, it's really a mentality of entitled, you know, they have an entitled mentality or spirit. Well, I should, you know, I'm so great. They should just give it to me. <laughs> you know, like they don't want to work. I can't tell you. I mean, it bothers me. That's why even when I had a youth group, I would teach them to be excellent. You know, I would teach them to be excellent. I would say, listen, don't go in there and half-heartedly do your work because see, here's the thing. When you recognize what the Bible teaches about, about work, workers are rewarded. Every time. They're rewarded. Even the way you go after God has to be hardcore. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, he's only a rewarder of those that diligently Diligent, seek yes. him. What did he tell the prophet Jeremiah? When you search after me with your whole heart, you'll find me. God's not a hobby. God's not a hobby. Your life is not a hobby. Don't treat your calling and your purpose like a hobby. Don't treat anything like a hobby. He, don't treat your hobbies like a hobby. <laughs> There's no, I say that truth. There's it's people true. on YouTube that have made hundreds of thousands of dollars being diligent in their hobbies. It's true. They'll go to work and work 40 hours a week, it's but true. they're passionate about their hobby and they'll create a whole YouTube channel and following around their hobby, make and work at it like it's a job. That's and then so they true. benefit hundreds. You think about, we were just talking about this. You go on Twitch. And watch these guys that just game twice a day for like four hour periods. Yeah. And they're on there just playing like uh, Fortnite or, you know, whatever they're, they're, the game is that they're playing right now, you know, Black Ops or whatever. And just sitting there in front of their TV, gaming, streaming the gaming, talking to their followers, building a community. And now they've gained so many people that corporations reach out to them and literally are offering them uh, uh, money, Dude, offering, yeah. I mean, like, it's Sponsorship, amazing. Sponsorships. Money. Like my little cousin made like 50 bucks one night just playing the game. Yeah. Like, beautiful. You imagine that they, something that they love, they it's their hobby, but they work at it like it's a job. They do. And you know what's interesting is I find when people love you, Dr. get Jeff. an opportunity and when they're around the right, the right culture of work, they love it. Oh yeah. I've never been more rewarded then like one of the last nights of conference, when we clean up from conference, it is like legit probably last year we ended at 1.42 a.m. We locked the church door at the front and the arena was empty. 1.42 a.m. But what's crazy about that, A, every single person felt rewarded. They felt good about what they'd done. Yeah. But we have a summer internship and that will be five weeks into summer internship. Those kids are at the church from nine till at least four and then they'll serve... And that's Monday to Thursday, and then they serve at conference. They that's probably like an eighty-hour work week for them. They love it. 
they, we started, we used to end internship right after conference and they called and they begged, can we come to the church? We're bored. I want to work. I want to do something. Now, almost seven, eight weeks of their life is involved in giving it to hard work for the kingdom. Yep. And they love it. Here's That's a, right. Here's a conviction that I have. Emily, Holly, we love you and I miss you. But summer internship was the best. I'm excited for it this year. <laughs> but here's the deal is like, I had a conviction a couple of years ago. I'll never be outworked by somebody That's who's right. only working for money. Yeah. Think about how many hours investors put in, bankers put in, yep. entrepreneurs put in. I think they said like the average entrepreneur needs to put like 70 to 90 hours in a week in their startup. To make it work. To yeah. make it work. And that's for money. Yeah. It, but for people in the kingdom. That have a calling. Yeah. Who have a calling. And well, well oh, I, I did my 40 hours. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm kind of tired. I worked hard. No, you need to refuse to be outworked by people in the world who are only working for money instead of a call, souls, the kingdom of heaven. We can't be out, outworked by people like that. It's insane to me. Yeah, absolutely true. You know, it's, it's, to, it's totally accurate. Jesus did. You look at just the life of Jesus. Jesus wasn't just out taking vacations all the time. It's like, well, we've got plenty right. of time to do this. No, he, two things Jesus did. Number one, he modeled hard work to his disciples. Yes, he and did. And then number two, he preached urgency to them. He, he, first, he modeled the hard work and then gave them a reason for hard work. Here's how we're going to work, and here's why we're working like this. Good. John 9, 4. We've got to work the works of him who sent me while it's still day. Because the night is coming where no man can work. And so he understood. I will not only work hard in front of your face, I will preach to you why we're working this hard. And I will, I will deposit an urgency in your heart so that when I'm gone, you'll keep working like this. So good. And you look at all the apostles that turned the world upside down after Jesus left the earth and they worked and worked like he was coming back that night. And they, and they literally... Went from nation to nation, all through Asia Minor, went through Europe. I mean, think about the power of it. And they worked and were willing to go to jail. Think about this. Think about how when the apostles were in jail, they kept working from jail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, dude, I'm in jail. Here's a book. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Hey, I'm in jail. Do me a favor. Bring me all my books, my parchments, my cloak. I've got letters to write. I've got people yeah. to preach to. I've got, I've got a calling. I mean, think about that. From jail, they worked hard. Right. They didn't stop. It's like, you know what? I'm in jail right now. It's a break. And think about Jesus too. So John 9, we need to work the works that he sent us to do. And John chapter 17, verse 4, like I love this. He's praying um, and he says this. I want to read this. It's so good. It says, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. That's right. I love that. Brings by glory to God. By completing the work you gave me to do. A, it brings glory to God. But B, he said, by completing. Not by completing. Like if anybody could have sat back and be like, it's just the grace of God and I have favor and everything will be accomplished. Just yeah. because, like it could have been Jesus. But yeah. he said, I worked. I completed the work you gave me to do. Yeah. And I want to be a person. You imagine how, how terrible it would be being like 80 years old and sitting back and be like, dang, I missed my moment. Oh yeah. I missed my opportunity total to work. regret. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't work like I, I should have. And I could have, and I didn't complete what God gave me to do. I refuse. We need to be a, a people, a generation that refuse to miss what God called us to do because we're not scared of work, totally. hard work. It like, 
And whoever sacrifices here on earth will be rewarded in heaven and on earth a hundredfold. Look, that's money, that's time, that's effort. I don't care what it is. You're not going to get sick by working too hard, especially for the kingdom. You're not going to miss out on something because you did too much for God. You imagine that? God be like, well, you did too much for me. No, he's never going to say that. And you're never going to miss out on going all in for Jesus. Refuse to miss out on your call. Refuse to be able to look at God when you get to heaven and be like, well, I did half of what you asked me to do. No, be a generation that says... I did every single thing that God asked me to do. I completed the work that I was called to do, bringing glory to your name. No question. I, you know, people, even in times like this, you know, we're, we're a whole nation's on quarantine. Pretty much the whole world's on quarantine. Yeah. People think, well, this is a time for me to just get my rest. You know, we've been working hard. I promise you, I've done far more work in quarantine than I did when we're not quarantined. I've done far more work. I've had far more things produced. I actually, and I don't say this to... um you know, to pat myself on the back, but it makes, makes me happy that, you know, cause sometimes you don't have a way to measure yourself. Like we talked about yesterday, cause you're with you every day, all day. Yeah. But I had somebody that I highly respect write me yesterday and was like, bro, you guys push out so much production and content for the kingdom. It blows my mind. I'm like, I'm seriously, it, it's impressive. That made me feel like, thank you, Jesus. We're actually uh, pushing forward in a way that is being seen by those that are looking, knowing that we're doing it, everything we can to reach people before it's too late. Because that's the truth of it, is that if you always look at it, because here's what happens. A, a spirit of laziness is a sneaky thing. Oh, it's true. It's a sneaky thing. It's true. You can, you can take, well, you know, I'm going to take a few here and then a few there. And before you know it, you've, you've hung it up. And the Bible says, and that's why the book of Proverbs says, a little sleep, and a little slumber and and a little folding of hands and poverty will pounce on you like Mm -hmm. a robber pounces. So notice, notice how that proverb speaks. It just seems like, well, I'm just going to have a little sleep here, little slumber here, little folding of the hands here. It's slow moving in your mind. But then the Bible says that as you're doing that quickly, poverty leaps upon you. It leaps upon you. So the devil tries to trick your mind. Well, just take it easy. You know, take it easy. Don't do more than you're doing. You know, you've done enough. That's plenty. You know, it's 4.59 on the clock. You (laughs) you should just start packing up your desk and getting ready to leave. And then that's the way the enemy tries to lie to you. You've done enough. Don't do any more. You know, other people. And then here's where the Bible says, comparing yourselves among yourself, you're unwise. Because there are plenty of people who work like that. There's plenty of people that do that. That's why if you're going to do any uh, comparing, if you're going to do any comparing, here's a word for you and never forget this. Always compare forward, never compare backward. That's good. Write that in the comments. Always compare forward, never compare backwards. See, because the, the, the principle here is not that there should never be any comparison at all, because what did Paul say? Paul said this. Imitate me yeah. as I imitate Christ. Yeah, Hebrews 6, 12. So uh, understand this. He said, follow me. And it's 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Uh, says this, oh, Paul, <laughs> we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but yeah. it's similar. Yeah, similar thing. But no, it's the principle. He said, follow me as yep. I follow Christ. But you can't, you couldn't do that if you weren't comparing your life to Paul's. It's true. How can I, how can I follow you or, or imitate you if I don't compare my life to yours? He's saying, look at me like a mirror. And make sure your my life looks your life looks like my life. That's it. I can't do that if I don't compare my life to Paul's. 
But this is the principle. I'm comparing forward, not back. There were no Christians that were following Paul that were doing more than Paul. None of them. Right. So when he looked at the Corinthians and said this, I speak in tongues more than all of you. He was saying, I'm at a much higher level than you. I'm the apostle Paul. Follow me as I follow Christ. They couldn't do that if there was no comparison. Always Good. compare forward because here's the temptation. Well, I'm doing more than them. Right. <laughs> my, my, my church is bigger it's than dangerous. theirs. I work, I, I produce more than they do, but they're not doing anything. They're not producing. And that's what lazy people do. Well, at least I'm not like him. Well, at least I'm not like them. Well, at least it's my church crazy. isn't like that. That's comparing backwards. That's stupid to do. Yeah. And how can you really compare your call to someone else's you call? You can't. You know, it, it's foolishness. You know what it's like? Is uh, one of the greatest comebacks in the history of all sports. The New England Patriots against the, the Atlanta Falcons a couple of years ago. Right? 28-3 to going into halftime. And the Falcons come out. And they absolutely botch the second half of the game. And they lose a Super Bowl when they were up 28 to 3. Can I tell you like they came out lazy. They came out looking at the first half saying, "Well, I already got this in the bag. We won this. This is over with." Your enemy, who whatever's coming against you. And people do it in business all the time where they think they've made it. Some little startup comes out of nowhere and blows past them. We can't do that. It, it like Ben wants you to stop. He's from Atlanta. Hey, Ben <laughs> That was the greatest victory of all time, baby. I'm sorry. I, I don't apologize at all, actually. That was painful to watch. 28-3, to 3, baby. An absolute spanking in the second half. But look, the rent's, rent is always due. It doesn't matter how far always. you move forward. Mm -hmm. Rent is due. Yep. Look, rent is due for Tesla every day. Rent is due for Amazon every day. Rent is due at, at Elevation Church mm -hmm. every single... Rent is always due. You've never made it to the point where a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Yep. That's when death comes upon. That's when failure and laziness and yeah. sluggardness happens. And anyways, why would you just be okay with giving God what you currently have? Yeah. I want to be able to present him with, with more. Like, Could you imagine being like, well, man, I my ministry saw a million people come to Jesus. Yeah. And and being okay, like, okay, okay well, we're good. Well, Dr. Dr. Bunky saw a million people come to Jesus. And just didn't good. stop. No. Ten, in 10 years, had over 50 million people and come that's to the Jesus. Key. There's always more. And even if it's just one more, there's always another thing. There's always well, un more. Unless you want to be a flash in the pan. You know, if you want to be a flash in the pan or a one hit wonder, have one success and then try to ride it out for the rest of your life. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, you, you have to. And I like that point. It's like, you know, I hate to go to fictional stories, but look at, look at a uh, Rocky. Yeah. I always love that because when Rocky finds out that he has become, you know, happy with his level of success and his manager loves him so much, doesn't want to see him hurt and knows that's where his mindset is. He just starts booking puff fights for him. That he'll easily win because he knows he's quit training. He's he's not hungry right. anymore. He doesn't want to go higher. So instead of you being hurt, I'm just going to give you a bunch of knockovers that you can keep beating. And when he finds that out, it breaks him because he's like, I, I these were real these were real fights. And his manager's like, no, yeah. they weren't real fights. I just booked you these guys that you could easily kill. And if you fight this guy, Mr. He's T, gonna he's gonna he's gonna destroy you. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's exactly what happened because you can lose the hunger. You can lose the fire. Let me just tell you, if you ever want to watch something that'll stir your fire, go on uh, YouTube and search the message, Don't Let the Fire Go Out by, by Pastor Enoch Adeboye. 
Don't let the fire go out. E.A. Attaboye. That's it. And disregard the goofy music that somebody put um, behind it. But he gives a warning to people. He gives three different kinds of people. Those who their fire's burning, those who their fire's dying down, and those who are just coals and embers. And gives a, gives a warning to each of those types of Christians in that message. And it's absolutely true. You've got to keep your fire burning. You, ha- you have to find a way. See, here's the problem. If all you do, and this is going to be the key, and we're, we're going to pray for you. If you allow yourself to just only be involved in the work of, of God and forget the God of the work. That's so good. Then you can burn out. And what has, what happens to people is they just do the work, 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 work without having relationship, relationship, relationship. But the thing that keeps you on fire to do the work is having relationship with the one who called you to do the work period. And if you, if you don't, and this, this happens to many, many ministers and many, many Christians is that they get so involved in the busy work of their call that they fill all their time with the busy work and their devotional life with the Lord is cut out. That's when people start falling into sin. That's when people start burning out, having nervous breakdowns, starting to fail because what happens, the thing that happens is the source strength that they receive to push out is cut off. And so all they're doing is pushing out. And once they deplete the impartation of heaven, then they have to start giving from themselves, their flesh and their soul. And then people will suck that out of you until it's gone. And then you've been, you didn't even know it. You've been operating on natural strength for the last nine months and you didn't have any supernatural uh, virtue coming down from heaven. This is why Jesus always put his father first and he'd rise up early before the dawn and go out and he'd pray and get a word from heaven because he know he knew that once people started waking up crowds would throng him and if he didn't have a word from heaven he would have had to give out of his flesh and there was it's nothing true. to give it's true you think about acts 13 uh, and david was a man after god's own heart yep. we love what david did but it, what he did was fueled by who we love that's right you think about john 15 abide in me. in me the key is the abiding in christ not abiding in the work the work flows from it it's a driving factor why did david say who's this uncircumcised philistine yeah. because the relationship with his father said who's going to disrespect my dad yeah. who, who's going to do this and his people yeah. no not my dad and it only comes from genuine relationship. Yep. People want to do that, like things like David did, but they like the key is loving God like David did. That's right. Period. Every you know, single time. Isn't it funny how everyone always wants the outcome, but they don't want the work that gets to the outcome? Right. Well, even I just saw Joel tweet this. He's like, everybody wants the big church, but they don't want they don't want more um, more of their daily devotions. Yeah, like, actually true. It's true. Well, as we were watching, I, I just started. I haven't finished it, but. Um, you know, with that, that documentary ESPN did the last dance the last about dance. Jordan yeah, and One of the things about, uh, EA Adeboye, Janelle, the service by EA Adeboye. Um, you look at guys that are successful, look at guys like Jordan, Kevin Garnett, all those guys, they worked harder than yeah. anybody. You look at Jordan, Jordan was never going to let you outwork him. No, he would never let you outwork him. Do you know it was interesting? I was I was reading reading this about the original dream team from 1992 that went to the Olympics. Yep. First time that NBA players they ever had basketball, and um, from NBA players. 
And they put that they put that team together that was like a killer team. Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewing, you know, Charles Barkley, the killers. And um, they had them. The coach, Chuck Daly, was the coach. And he had them scrimmage like the All-American college players. Did yeah. you hear this story? Yep. Had them scrimmage them. And um, he kept making substitutions in the game and putting in like backups and stuff like that. And by the end of the game, the college team actually beat the NBA, the dream team. Pretty wild, yeah. Because of the way they were substituting and stuff. And the dream team was so mad, so mad that that was supposed to be over after the scrimmage. And they refused. They called for an immediate rematch. All those players and Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, every one of them disregarded the instructions of their coach during that second game. He was calling like, we're making a substitution. We're not coming out of the game. They would not come out. And I think they beat, you You look it up, but they beat them like, like 79 to 2 or something like that. Oh, I believe it. Like destroyed Those them. Those guys were killers. Destroyed them. Because they were like, you're not, yeah. I'm not letting a, a team outwork us. Right. Well, not just outwork. Like, I guess they played, it's called the greatest game that you never saw. There was a practice where they took, he took five on five of the dream team and they just went at each other, but not just outworked, but they weren't outworked because of the love of the game. You think about like Jordan and Magic. Oh yeah. It wasn't about the money. They loved the game. Of course. They loved it. The driving you know, force was It's the not love. like it is today where like <clears throat> if your team's winning a lot, we're just going to work a deal to get all your players on our team and create like a, no. a dynasty. In those days, they were so hardcore that if you like if Larry Bird, if the Celtics were beat by the Lakers in the in the final, you know, Larry Bird didn't talk to Magic Johnson for years. That's how I yeah. he's like, let's figure out a way Yo. to get on, let's figure out a team to get a way to get on the same team. No, no. They hated the other teams. They they worked hard and they wouldn't even speak to each other. That's how much they were going at it. I will not be outworked. I will yep. not be beaten. So you start to think. If that's the way the world thinks about something as arbitrary as basketball, basketball means nothing in the light of eternity. And you're going to let people that play basketball, people that have a startup business go harder than you who has a calling and an anointing on your life. You think about Jordan. Jordan was cut from his high school team because he wasn't good enough and worked and worked and worked until he became the man. So you, you can't be outworked. And the key is, if I continue to receive virtue, that's it. That's my strength that's it. to work. I like to call it like a daily personal revival. That's what we need. Daily. David, early I will seek you. Yes. It's a daily personal revival, a daily filling. It's not week to week. It's not Sunday to Sunday. It's right. every day Jesus has something greater than the day before. That's right. Your greatest day in Jesus doesn't have to be the day you got saved. It's the next day. It's the next day. It, from glory to glory, ever increasing is what the relationship should look like. I love it. It doesn't have to be, oh, I went to conference and it was the greatest day of my of my walk with Jesus. No, that next Monday should be the, the greatest it's ever been. It's a daily personal revival that drives these things. Things. No question. It's being connected to the vine every single day. Every it, day. It's the next every single day. Because if not, you know, it becomes a roller coaster of, oh, I just I gotta hold out for the next event. I gotta hold out. No, no. Why why does 
that shouldn't be the highlight. Getting alone is the highlight. That's right. Like my highlight with my wife is not hanging out with a group of people. It's being alone with her. Mm-hmm. It's it's that alone time. It's that fostered relationship. It's that personal love that's grown in secret that manifests in public. That's, that's exactly the key. It. That that's is a, it right there. And what we're what we're showing you today is this. You are called, you're anointed, you're purposed. You have the advantage. That's it. You have the power. And there's nothing you can't do. You are a problem solver for the kingdom of God. God has promotion available for you. He has things for you to do before it's too late. Don't allow yourself to compare backwards and say, well, I've done enough. I've worked hard enough. Compare forward. Do this. And it's part of what I wrote in the book, Further Faster, that just came out when it's talking about impartation. Find people on the earth that are doing what you're called to do, but have gone far beyond where you are currently and follow after what they're doing and try the best you can to receive impartation. Seek it out, knowing there's greater levels available for me. I can't stop. I can't look backwards. I can't compare myself to those that don't want to go higher. I have to keep pushing forward and doing what God called me to do. And that's exactly the key. You've got to stay on fire and do what God's called you to do and produce at a higher level. Produce at a higher level. I want my friend, Pastor Cody, to pray for you today that a fire, a fire would be built in your spirit. That you would, in the rest of May, it's our miracle month. And the rest of 2020, it's a year of violent increase and expedited favor. That you would feel a fire and then diligently run to accomplish what God's called you to do. Pastor Cody. Father, I pray even right now for a shifting in our identity. That we're not just here to be here, but we're here to accomplish great things. Lord, that we're problem solvers, that we're seated in heavenly places, that we're sons and we're daughters of the Most High God. And I pray even right now, from that, a mighty conviction to solve problems, a mighty conviction to never be outworked, a mighty conviction to change the world that's around them and to be a, a producer for the kingdom of heaven, that Lord, any of those that are watching would not be like the servant who had one that was deemed wicked, but those who doubled anything they were trusted with, that they become rulers in this world, in the world to come. That's it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, a fire and a passion inside of the spirit of every single person watching. Yes. A, to love God like never before. Put a fire in our heart, a love for Jesus, even like David had, that to be men and women after God's own heart, that Lord, we would see exponential increase that we would produce for heaven and we would not be sluggards. We would not shrink back, yes. but we would move forward and take ground that Lord, some of the miracles we have are also incumbent on us being willing to produce Yes, that father, we would be problems solvers and producers in this world so we could see the mighty things of heaven in the name of Jesus I release the mind of Christ I release Lord a fresh perspective that problems are opportunities to do mighty things in the name of Jesus amen 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 if you receive and believe that throw some fire in the comment section and let us know you're standing with us it's gonna be the greatest month we've ever had I'm believing God gives you supernatural ideas in May, uh, the ability to solve problems no one else can solve. I think of that teenager at Dr. Rodney's church 
who um, solved a problem for Microsoft at right. the age of like 17 and was they paid him a million dollars. I mean, like built, <laughs> his, day, right? built his family a home. I mean, it's supernatural. God will do the same for you. You have the mind of Christ. I believe this is going to be your month of miracles and this is your year of violent increase Amen. and expedited favor. Amen. I want to encourage you. One of the things that we're so, we've got to keep our mind on is that God has a plan to lift our families higher. And so we're going to encourage you to sow a seed today. If you have not done so, and we thank you. There's been a bunch of people that have already sown their seeds today. We say thank you. Uh, people are sowing on Cash App and Venmo. There's people that are sowing right in the hashtag donate in the comments. Take a minute. It's important that by faith you release something that gives God something to work with. Gives God something to work with. Can I show you something interesting? I, I found this. This is how much I was reading in, our, uh, in the Bible today. How much God cares for one life. This blows my mind. Uh, in the book of Luke, uh, of course, we're going through the 30 days of reading the New Testament. Think about how much God cares for one life going, being delivered and going higher. He meets the man from the tombs who's filled with a legion of demons. Yeah. And the Bible says nearby there was a herd of pigs. Yeah. And he casts those demons out in and into the pigs, casts them into the pigs. A few things can be seen here. Number one, Jesus thinks that one human life is more important than a whole group of right. animal lives. That's, good. That's the first thing. The second thing is the Bible says that the herdsmen who saw it ran into the villages and told everybody what happened. The fact that there were herdsmen on those pigs mean that they belonged to a pig farmer. They were someone's livelihood. They were someone's livelihood. And Jesus knew. Of course, demons are destructive spirits. Of course, they're going to die. But Jesus didn't care. He was even willing to destroy someone's livelihood to bring one life into, into victory. And then the third thing is, that the the group of pe the the person that owned those pigs was not a Jew. He couldn't have been. Jews didn't have anything to do with pigs. Yep. They were an unclean animal. It had to have been a Gentile, which means the person who owned those pigs was not in covenant with God, and so their finances were not protected because they weren't in covenant with God if they weren't one of His children. God has, God has a covenant relationship with you to bless you financially. And he created a system to take you higher, a system to take you higher. And that system is seed time and harvest. And so those of you that are sowing, thank you for everybody that's been sowing. We've been watching it in the comments and we know you're standing in faith. We're standing in faith with you. But one of the things that we're believing is that before May comes to an end, that you don't just see natural miracles. We're believing that you experience financial miracles in May. One of the miracles we're setting our faith for in May, financial miracles. You know, we've been talking about this. Somebody just gave the uh, testimony to me the other day. Um, student loans completely, yeah. 20 some thousand dollars of student loans, $27,000, completely canceled, completely canceled. I think of my friend, Pastor Brian Wright, who in one year had over nine hundred thousand dollars of debt in his church canceled among the people so good. i mean supernaturally i'm believing debt cancellation for you and your family whether it be credit card debt whether it be student loan debt whether it be mortgages paid off cars paid off whatever it is i'm believing with you that in the month of may you will experience financial miracles and financial breakthroughs and the way to do it 
I can't pray a prayer and ask God to make it happen. It doesn't work that way. I always laugh when I see people that are like, I'm going to pray right now and a financial blessing is coming upon you. It doesn't work that way. You can't pray financial blessing onto somebody. Financial blessing comes by obeying the instructions of God to, to interact with his system of seed time and harvest. And so as you see, this is why the Holy Spirit speaks. And the last, and last night the Lord spoke to me that there were several people on that God was dealing with their heart to sow a large seed, something that takes faith. And uh, I don't know what it is because I'm not the Holy Spirit, but those that are watching know what it is because he's speaking to you. And uh, the key is this, as I interact with God's covenant system, it always functions. The devil can't stop it from functioning. He can't cut out your harvest. The obedient will be blessed. Nice pastor, very wise guest. (laughs) Thank you. You're a nice pastor and a very wise guest. I'll take it. Thank you, Coco. Coco. You didn't even say anything about his beard, but it's well-groomed and nice. Nice pastor, wonderful beard, very wise guest. Mustache. Mustache it? I think you should. Oh, man. I think you should. Whatever that means, the technology of death excludes the faith. I don't, I don't know. Mike Meldon's been saying some odd things. I don't know what that even means. Um, but, but we say thank you. And you're, I, I always tell you this. You're an answer to our prayers. And we really love you a lot. One of the things I want to make you aware of is if you're watching and didn't know it was available, we have released um, Miracle Word University courses online to build your faith. Courses that will continue to equip you as a believer. We have courses right now on the Holy Spirit and his baptism, divine healing, understanding it and operating in it and how to heal the sick, uh, answered prayer, how to have your prayers answered and make sure you're walking in victory. And then our, our brand new course is called Mountain Moving Faith. And this is, I believe, one of the most important courses we've ever released. And we did something for you guys. We bundled these all together. You can get all four courses in one course, and we gave you a 28% discount. You're getting a course for free. And these are available right now at MiracleWordU.com. MiracleWordU, the letter U, dot com. If you'll go there, you can start an account for free, and then you can browse through the courses uh, and get what you want. But let me tell you, this is the best deal to get all four for $199. You're getting a whole course for free. And uh, I know it'll be a massive blessing to you. So as we get ready to go, and of course, we'll be back tonight at 9 p.m. And then tomorrow night at 9 p.m. as we conclude the series on understanding your divine dominion, uh, you're not going to want to miss it. But one of the things for people that are new, um, Jennifer said you're a great boss. If someone tried to hire her out from me, there'd be a real fight. More than Sting Pong. Jennifer, uh, you looking for a job? (laughs) <laughs> uh, Dr. Jeff, if you're looking for the, uh, the information, all of the resources are found at miracleword.com forward slash study. And there's the place that you can, um, actually get the PDF reading plan as well as we've, we've put some other videos up, but Dr. Jeff's a pro he's, he's a man of God. He's got it going on. He's holding it down in new England, powerful pastor, powerful preacher, Love you, Dr. Jeff. That's where you go. And we're finishing up 30 days, New Testament in 30 days this month as our month for miracles. But one of the things that we wanted to do uh, as we're we're going is if you've never seen Miracle Word University before, 
If you've never experienced it before, we want to give you a little bit of a taste, a little bit of a preview um, of what it's like, and it'll it'll help you a ton. We love you so much. Thanks again for hanging with me today. It was fun. Appreciate it. Good talk. It. You're the man. Um, if you want to find out more about Pastor Cody Spencer, you can check out theuproar.org, which is the conference that they host every single year, theuproar.org. And then, of course, you can follow them on Instagram, The Uproar, at The Uproar. The, the Uproar Conference. The Uproar Conference. And then yours is at Cody Spencer. Yep. Cody with a C, not a K. Yeah. <laughs> Cody Spencer, that was asked yesterday. Follow him on social media. Follow the conference. Go to theuproar.org. Get your family signed up to be there this year. All the details, we will get them to you as they're unfolding. Yeah. We're waiting to see what's going to happen in New York State with this crazy quarantine. But it's coming up July 30th. Through August 1st. Through August 1st. For and you, free. It's absolutely free conference. You don't want to miss it. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal conference. And uh, I know that he'll continue to build your faith. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.